How do you feel great on vacation? Like really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. So with all this discussion about sex ed, of you know what is right, what is wrong, what is too much... We now meet the newest educator, possibly, I guess, would not surprise me if this ends up in a classroom near you. A Montreal-based group, and this is what I talked about off the top of the show, was this puppet named Julia, who feels in her heart she has a boy and wants to be called Julian. And the videos have been put out to tackle issues like gender identity, self-expression, and acceptance. Now, it's one thing to be accepting And yes, everyone who goes through a transition should, in fact, be and get the supports they need. But it is quite another to have a very cute little puppet telling very, very immature and impressionable kids that they may be a boy or a girl because they're simply not mature enough to understand it. Take a listen to the puppet and and ask yourself, would I be comfortable letting my five or six, maybe even younger, my child listening to this? Can you tell me how you feel? I feel sad. Really? Why do you feel so sad? I need people to stop calling me Julia. All right. What do you want them to call you? Julian. Oh, that's a beautiful name. (laughs) (laughs) Why do you want them to call you Julian, though? Because Julia is a girl's name. And I'm not a little girl. I've never felt like a girl, but everyone thinks I'm a little girl. So that is this puppet. And um, I think when you tell children these kinds of things, certainly with a cute little character where it's just kind of adding to the fantasy, it kind of changes their path in life rather than allow that said child to develop into the person who they are. I want to bring Doc Amate into this conversation. He is a registered psychologist. We talk about this issue a lot. It is a controversial issue because if you, in fact, speak out about this, a lot of people get shut down. Mr. Amate does not. Hello there. Hi. Thanks, Alex. All right. What are your thoughts on this trans puppet, Julia turned Julian? Is, am I overreacting or is, does this concern you? Well, it concerns me in the sense that if my child, if they were, let's say, before six or seven years old and hadn't formed a stable uh, gender identity, me as a, as a psychologist, as an expert in human sexuality, uh, I would be able to describe it or explain it in a way that would not mess up my child. But the vast majority of people do not have the knowledge or the wherewithal to be able to help their child filter this information. So I'm worried about those children. Yeah, I I go back and I spoke about this off the top of the show. I go back to that period of time in the 80s and the 90s when, and I don't know if you remember this, if this was part of your time, but I remember watching a lot of news um, on these daycares that were beginning, you know, shut down right, left and center right across the United States with this hysteria because a mother had come forward and had accused daycare workers of raping and sodomizing her child. And from there, even though after the fact she was found to be uh, mentally unstable, it triggered a hysteria and all 
all these teachers and daycare workers, their lives were literally turned upside down by children coming forward with these stories that inevitably turned out not to be true. But it was found in the end that it was because the interviewers of these children who were trying to find out what had happened had been, in fact, uh, not coerced, but the mere suggestion of what happened to you, you know, they made up the stories. Yes, and uh, this after the, these incidents, um, you know, we we changed the society changed in a large way. You know, stranger danger, right. and people were terrified of these things. But the most important point that you're saying is that this type of exposure to something, even as bizarre as these cult, you know, sex daycares, can still have an impact on children. So when you're telling children at a certain age who are too young to be able to filter this information on their own, that maybe who they think they are might not actually be the case. We do not know what this social experiment is going to do to them. And the trans quote-unquote activists they do not care about this. They say it'll never happen. They conflate sexual orientation with gender identity. They do a lot of underhanded, manipulative things to try to push their agenda you know, down the society's throats. And it's going to have a backlash. And it will also have potentially huge negative impact on the children. Yeah, I mean, because essentially you're... you're deciding what your child's going to be because you're interfering with that path. I mean, you've got boys or you've got girls, but you can have very feminine boys. You can have very, I mean, I was a major tomboy. I, I was a boy. I looked like a boy. I had a boy's name. I mean, if, if someone had gotten into my ear at five or six, they could have easily, you know, but we didn't do that back then because being a tomboy or being a more feminine boy was not a big deal. No one questioned it. No, and that's the really important thing. I have spoken with so many people, a lot of tomboys, a lot of gay uh, males who are older now, who said exactly what you said. And they said, if the trans activists were around at the, those days, or if I, you know, if I were going through this period now, they said, as a child, they said, I would truly have gone the trans route. And people have to understand that that trans route, once you're on it, research shows kids are likely to stay on it. So a tomboy, or maybe a potentially gay male, uh, is very likely as they get older, not just to socially transition, but then they're going to start asking for puberty blockers. Mm-hmm. Then they're going to start asking for cross-sex hormones. And then some of them are going to have surgical uh, you know, uh, procedures done to their body, which results in basic uh, mutilation if this is something that's not right for them. I don't call, there are some, there's a tiny, tiny proportion of people who might benefit from, uh, you know, from surgical procedures uh, to, to change their physical sex, a tiny proportion. I don't call that mutilation, but if you're not somebody who would benefit from this and you're going to regret it later, what else would you call a double mastectomy on a very, you know, on an otherwise healthy girl yeah. or woman? Yeah, well, it's child abuse. I mean, I just, I, look, if your child is transgender, I think a responsible parent would say, okay, we'll get you there, but I don't want it done until I know you're mature enough, you know, 21, 22, you're an adult that you can, it's a pretty severe decision to be doing that. And I think you owe it to a child to allow them to grow up and say, you still feeling the same? Okay, let's, let's investigate. Right. And the thing is, even if they don't go for the surgery, the fact is, if they go on the cross-sex hormones, there is a large probability that they are going to be sterile for the rest of their lives. And I've spoken with a number of people who have unfortunately done it to themselves. And they say, I was a child when I first decided I want to go on this path. They said, what did I know? I didn't know anything. Why weren't my parents? Well, the parents sought out help. And unfortunately, they were told by gender affirming therapists, you have to affirm the child. You have to push them or allow them to go in this direction. Otherwise, they will kill themselves. But we are, yeah, but we are shutting down the research on the other side because uh, Brown University is under fire right now because Lisa Littman, who 
uh, is, uh, as you know, an assistant professor there, just put out a study or a paper, the fact that, you know, gender identity and what sex you're assigned with, you know, you can't really form that opinion until puberty and not, in fact, childhood because there's so much peer pressure and online influences and the university essentially shut that down. Um, well, the, the um, uh, what's called PLOS One, which is an online journal, uh, they are the ones who retracted the paper only because a couple of trans quote-unquote activists uh, harassed them online, and they backtracked on this. And people have to look it up, Rapid Onset Gender Dysphoria. It's not in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders yet, but many clinicians, mm-hmm. uh, many therapists and parents have said, and, and even trans people have said, yes, this is a reality. It's not something made up. It's happening. And the trans activists are doing everything in their power to stop it from being discussed and researched. And they are basically uh, undermining the well-being of uh, children and teens. There's not a lot of data or studies to show the effects. We just, I guess we have not had that time. But, and, and I think you interestingly point out that to experiment or to, stu- to study a child would be unethical because you'd have to literally um, watch them going through something that you know, isn't necessarily scientific. Um, And so why are we so casual then if we're so careful about the ethics of of this kind of study and using a child? Why is it then that we are so casual about letting these puppets and stuff into the classroom? I've only got about 30 seconds, Doc. Virtue signaling. Mm -hmm. Simple. So is it guilt? Sorry? It's guilt? Uh, It could be guilt, but it's wanting to be seen as a good person. And a a small handful of very vocal trans, quote-unquote, activists Mm -hmm. have gotten the ears of people in authority, and they're the ones who are implementing these changes. And it's being done recklessly, and it is a social experiment. And you're seeing more of it? More and more. Are you actually getting to the point where you're actually seeing a turn? Are we going to start seeing a turn in these people speaking out? Uh, Sorry, which people speaking out? The people that have gone through it. Uh, I hope so. More and more, if you go on YouTube, you'll see more people. I've done an interview with somebody very recently. I'm going to post on YouTube very soon in the next yeah. couple of days. Yes, more people will be speaking out, and I think lawsuits will be coming uh, in the next few years. We will see. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Thank you, Alex. That is Doc Ornamate. You can get him at docamate.com. He is one of the very, very few who speaks out on this because there is a huge, huge backlash when you do.